Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's Pastor On. Well, I want to just talk about the most powerful event that's ever happened in human history. And we're going to look at the account of the resurrection in the book of Luke, chapter 24. And if you have your Bible, you can open them to Luke 24. We'll put it up on the screen as well. But this is an account that was given by a man named Luke, who was a physician, very brilliant man, also a historian. And he was also a friend of the Apostle Paul, which many know the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul at that time was killing Christians. He was a religious zealot trying to stop the movement of Christianity. And the first martyr, Stephen, was martyred as Paul watched on. But Paul, too, experienced a living Jesus that changed him from Saul to Paul. And so we read in the book of Luke 24, this account of the resurrection. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And I believe these men were angels. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Then they said, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, what has happened? What had happened? See, the disciples, the apostles, the followers of Jesus, they were real people. They weren't fictional characters. They weren't people that were put in a novel we call the Bible. They weren't statues that we often see them as in church buildings. They were regular people. They were real people, just like the people that we heard from today. Some were fishermen. Some were tax collectors. Paul was a tent maker. And we even know that one of Jesus' followers was a former prostitute. All of them 
struggle to believe in the resurrection. All of them who had been with Jesus struggled to believe that he had risen from the dead. Say they could believe that Jesus could heal the sick. They could believe that he can open blind eyes. They even believed when Lazarus came out of the tomb after being dead for four days. But they struggled to believe that Jesus, who claimed to be God, could be crucified and dead and come back to life. And the reason was they were traumatized by what they saw. They saw the man who claimed to be God stripped, beaten, torn apart, literally, hanging on a cross. They were traumatized by what they experienced. They couldn't imagine that what they saw on Friday would become a person who can rise from the dead. Just his body alone, what they're seeing, it's impossible. Because after crucifixion, let me tell you something, it's a horrible sight. It's a horrible thing, what they used to do. It was too traumatizing. See, there are things that you will go through in life that seem impossible to overcome. It's too traumatizing. Too impossible to overcome. The disciples were stuck on the trauma, the experience of Friday. But Jesus was preparing for Sunday. You might be traumatized and think that things can't change in your life. You've gone through or going through something so dramatic, nothing can change. I'm telling you today, we are here because Jesus is alive. He's not dead. We are here because the Lord has a Sunday for you. Have hope. Have hope. You know that Jesus is in charge of everything? Culture isn't in charge. Government isn't in charge. Your circumstances are not in charge. And the devil is not in charge. Have hope today. Have hope today. The apostles assumed that these women were delusional. Maybe they went to the wrong tomb. This is impossible. And the women, when they experienced what they experienced, they knew that when they got back to the guys, that they would not be believed. First of all, guys don't listen too good. I thought I'd get a better response from the women, especially the married ones today. But no offense, ladies, but in those days, women were not allowed even to testify in court. They weren't allowed to speak in church. They were second-class citizens. And so their testimony was considered unreliable. So they were not believed. But let me tell you something. These women could not be stopped. 
They knew the reaction that they would get, but these women could not be stopped. Do we have some women in here that can't be stopped? Let me tell you something. I believe most people are saved because of women, especially mothers praying. They could not be stopped. Their experience was too overwhelming. You know, and ultimately, the disciples and apostles also had the same experience. And they saw Jesus, and they met Jesus, and they touched Jesus. And even Thomas, who had the hardest time believing, he had to touch him. He had to touch him. Can this be? Is this on my mind? Is it a ghost? He had to touch him. Jesus was so alive that these men who did not believe died, many of them, just like Jesus. They were willing to die a martyr's death, not because of a Jesus who died, who was dead and gone, but because of Jesus who is alive. We are here today because we serve a living God, and I pray that you get to know him. See, many of you today will leave this place and you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Some of you will leave today and you will not be able to get the name of Jesus out of your spirit and heart. Some of you will leave today and you're going to start saying to yourself, I feel different. Something happened to me. I feel different. Some of you will say, I felt like that guy up there was talking right to me. Because God has brought you here. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here just because it's a good idea to be in church on Easter. You're here because God wants to touch you and speak to you today. See, Jesus said in John 5, 24, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have experienced crossing over from death to life here today? You know, I remember ever since I was a little kid having a cross around my neck. I still do. But I also remember being dead in my trespasses and sins. I had a cross, but I didn't have Jesus. I remember having a picture of Jesus on the wall. Every good Italian boy has a picture of Jesus somewhere. But I didn't have Jesus. I didn't have life. I had death inside of me. I remember from time to time even visiting church, steeple and a cross. But I didn't have Jesus in my heart. I didn't have Jesus in my life. Like someone said, Without Christ, 
You are walking dead. Jesus says. I even remember my bedroom. Thinking back of not having Christ in my life. It was dark. I never opened the shades. I had padlocks on the door so my parents could come in, couldn't come in. I had black fluorescent lights on all the ceiling. And I painted all my bureaus and my furniture fluorescent colors. And so when you went in my room, it just glowed. But I think back, I say, it was such a dark place in my life. It was such an empty place in my soul. I could feel that there was no life in me. There was no hope in me. It was a questioning, what is life all about? Because I didn't have Jesus. I didn't have Jesus. You know, someone just told me this morning that they ran into somebody. They said, this, this guy looked just like you, Pastor Ron. I'm telling you, he was you. And he says, but he was angry. And as I walked away, I was thinking about it. I said, that's a picture of who I would be without Christ. That's a picture of who we are when we don't have the spirit of life inside of us. We don't have Jesus inside of us, a risen Jesus inside of us. But when you welcome Jesus into your life, you cross over. That's what Jesus says. You cross over from death to life. All of a sudden, the words to the song that we all sing, Amazing Grace, come alive. I was once lost, now I'm found. I know what it feels like to be found. I was lost, I know what it feels like to be lost. I was blind, I couldn't see. The world had a grip on me. But now I see. It's supernatural what happens when you invite Christ into your life. It's like the blinders come off and you can see things for the way they truly are. Love replaces hate. Forgiveness replaces unforgiveness. Hope replaces hopelessness. A meaningless life, live and die. And he who has the most toys wins is replaced with purpose and meaning and knowing that someday who I'm singing about, I'm going to stand before him. Someday he will open his arms and welcome me because he knows my name and I know his name. Jesus is alive and he wants you to be alive. See, I believe every person in this room, even right now, you sense the presence of Jesus. You sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everyone in this room and those watching, everyone on the earth knows deep down that there's more 
than this life. The Bible even says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, the Bible says, God, he has planted eternity in the human heart. Our hearts know. Our hearts know. That's why, let me tell you something. I have never met somebody on their deathbed that's refused for me to pray for them. Never. Why? Because eternity is in our hearts. We know, we know, we know. And the devil will spend your whole life trying to blind you and trying to deceive you and trying to shut you down and shut your heart. And every time Jesus comes and tries to speak to you, he wants to stiff arm him away from you. But you sense his presence here today. You know he's speaking to you today. You know, out of all the voices trying to influence you, there is always a still small voice, usually the softest voice, saying, come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. Jesus loves you so much that he will spend your whole life to have a relationship with you, calling unto you. I want to call the worship team up. See, Peter, he went to see if what was being told to him was true. I think some people here are like Peter. God has brought you here, and you say, let me just go and see. I believe God has brought you here so that you can experience, like Peter, that Jesus is alive. He knows you, and he's reaching out to you. Before Christ, Peter was just an average guy like us, maybe a little rougher, a fisherman, living a hard life, and trying his best to help his family. But he would come home empty. Come home empty. And so Jesus brings Andrew, his brother, to him because God had a plan for Peter. Maybe someone invited you to church. Maybe there's an Andrew in your life that said, come, I want you to experience Jesus. I want you to see something today. And I give you credit, you came. Peter listened to Andrew. Peter was a businessman trying to find success, but nothing was working. Nothing was working. He would have his nets, but he cast them in the wrong places until Jesus comes along, says, why don't you come with me and I'll show you how to live life. I'll show you where to cast your net. See, Peter was just like us. And maybe you're here like Peter and you've denied God in your life like Peter denied Jesus. Maybe it's because of the pressure of the world to conform to the world, to conform to your friends, to conform to what this world says is success and you need. But you're not finding what the world tells you you'll get from it. 
Maybe you're here and you've been hurt by tragedy. And you're blaming God. And I have some good news for you today. That Jesus still loves you. You can reject him. You can spit at him. But he still loves you. What an incredible love that he loves you. And even Judas, who denied him, Jesus still loved him and called him friend. But I believe you're here today because God wants you to get closer to him. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.